Hi, everyone. <laughs> My name is Wa. And I'm Chris. And welcome to Docky Sweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yeah, sure. But through our own lens, which could be bitter, maybe a little salty, maybe a little peppery, a little spicy, but at the end of the day, hopefully mildly sweet. Hello. We're so excited to bring you this, honey, episode of Love After Lockup, whatever, Life After Lockup, honey. It's like season four, episode 15, and it's called The Rebound and the Monster. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> yes. So we've got a couple of uh, people we didn't have. Who was a couple we were missing this week? Um, let me look. 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 Uh, I don't know who we're missing, but we're definitely missing one couple this week. So we're, oh, Chance and Taylor is who we're missing this week. Oh, so yeah. We're not going to talk about them. And they added in Brittany and Ray. So we get to see their boring little segment. And I don't have a picture of them. So let's just start. Oh, I do. Let's just start off with Brittany and Ray because, like, really, Chris, what happened? Okay, let's talk about it. Um, so this, okay, so she, the first thing I saw was her meeting with her grandmother, but okay. And, um, I liked this scene with her grandma. Her grandma seems to be really wise. She kind of like starts to say some like math wisdom to Brittany. And the, the crux of it is like, Basically, like, you are so negative, Brittany, that, like, every time you feel some way, you have to, like, subtract all the negativity out. And basically what's left is the reality and the positivity because you're super insecure, just like everyone in your generation. And, like, you don't know how to be in relationships. And, I mean, this woman telling Brittany that, and by this woman, I mean her grandmother telling her that, could be our grandmothers, all of our grandmothers telling all of us that baby booze i mean i mean can i imagine like the relationships in the years that this woman has seen honey to see her beautiful granddaughter just like going through it i mean i like this scene a lot because also Brittany has like two parents uh who are like you know feeling a certain way about ray and it was nice to see Brittany's grandma give like alternative opinion why you know what? Let me make you let me make a slight little correction for you. Uh, that's not Brittany's grandmother. That is Ray's grandmother. And l- let me back up just a little bit. And the first segment that we see, or the first little scene we see, is her driving in the car. And remember, she already knows that he was being weird the day or the or morning before about going to see going to see her parents, but she doesn't know that, right? So she's in the car and she calls him and she's like, Where are you? And then this man is like, Oh, I'm at home. And then she's like, well, I know you're not at home because I see location services and you're not you're not you're not at the address that is our home. And my thought was, why didn't you just call him out in the moment? But I guess she's on her way to meet his grandmother, who Chris doesn't know this, but the last season that we saw them, there's a little bit of a tumultuous relationship between Brittany and Ray's grandmother because Ray's grandmother truly feels like Ray does not need to be in a relationship right now, especially with a spoiled princess like Brittany, because he needs to just get his life together, get back on track and not worry about about some woman who is so desperate to find a man in prison and that man being her grandson. So she's very protective. So that's why that boomer grandmother was a little bit shady to Brittany in the way that she was. Chris. I get that now that does, uh, that does of course season my opinion. It's interesting though, the parallels, right? Like later on, we're going to have a situation where we talk about Brittany and Marcelo having a conversation where, where Marcelo lies about being at home. And I thought in that moment, like Brittany, you don't have location services turned on for your man. I thought that was interesting. Um, the parallels and also the parallels of basically this whole show shouldn't happen because across the board, anyone who's been in prison for a long time and just like is just getting out. No one of them, none of them got to be in a relationship. There is no love that needs to happen the first two weeks or first year of you being out of like prison for like a long ass time because people have to work on themselves. And so no one wants someone they love that that like you know has gone through some issues to immediately after writing those issues kind of shoot themselves in the foot by 
having to acquiesce to be in a relationship because it's work, you know, because you have to give of yourself so much. And at this stage in our lives, when we are all right out of prison, we need to have that energy for us, honeys. But yeah, so yes. Um, but this is, okay. So wait, I like, that was a little, I should have just let you open that because it's not even my favorite part of the, of the, of that. My favorite part of, uh, Brittany in this is when she's, um, having her girl time conversation with her friend and like putting on like whatever kind of like drugstore makeup. She had like a bunch of bobbles and a bunch of like bottles. And I was like, I don't recognize any of those bottles in your bathroom. Like, I don't know, not one of those brands. It all looks like CVS little girl makeup. I didn't understand it, but her friend and her have a conversation. The friend of course has like been through the whole promise ring fiasco. Like she has seen Brittany, like obviously had her hopes dashed. Well, do you know this friend? Yes. This is a, yes, this is a friend who went to Miami with her. Now, which friend it is. I don't know. Cause several friends went to Miami for what Brittany thought was going to be a proposal between her and Ray and it ended up being a promise ring and she was super embarrassed. So I I want to say I didn't pay attention to the makeup and I knew I should have now thinking that like who obviously who my co-host is is that I should have paid attention to the makeup. But I want to say that Britney is my skin tone, maybe a slightly bit darker. So I'm going to go out on the ledge and say that it isn't drugstore. It just may be something that you're not necessarily readily identifying because I can't go to the drugstore and actually find my shade. And from what I see from Brittany, her shade is pretty matched. Like it's not a Maybelline too red, which is what I would look like if I had gone. But you could be right because she is in the South. She is in Atlanta or Houston or somewhere where there's a high velocity of black folks. And so there might be the color in the drugstore. So, you know, Brittany, you don't know this, but Brittany and her mother have notoriously had bad wigs, wigs in the past. Wigs is what I said. Notoriously, <laughs> notoriously have bad wigs in the past. And so she's actually looking pretty good. So while I understand the read, if you had seen her prior to, you would have less of a read for her at this moment. Uh, so she is not getting her hopes up because she's like, I don't know what Ray's plan because Ray calls her and is like, hey, babe. You maybe we should go to the waterfront. And I'm just I thought to myself, what a small town to where he could just name a place that they've probably been a billion times. And it's just like the one romantic spot in the land. And that's exactly where they're going. So she gets on the phone and calls her friend and tells the friend that she's not going to dress up because she doesn't want to get too dressed up to have it not actually be a proposal. So she goes on. She goes on to this date with some walking boots on. And like, I mean, okay, no, Chris, Chris, I, I need you to take over. I, okay. Yeah. She's like, I'm not going to wear a dress. I'm going to wear like a sensible pant and shirt. And she like comes off with this beautiful pink shirt, honey, and this like really gorgeous, like jewel tone pink. I love it. And like, I mean, hot ass, black ass tight pants. Okay. She looks hot. And then we get to those boots, honey. And they are Robin Hood men in tights, Peter Pan flats, flat moccasin style boots. They are insane looking. I mean, like she really like knew she was going to go on a walk. I mean, and she really like dressed those toesies, woesies down. She's like, I'm not going to get a ring, honey. And he's not going to get nothing from these toes, honey. I mean, I'm going to be comfortable. She also, I feel like, I think was a little low key upset that it was a river walk. Like a, like a, she, she was kind of like, she started being like, okay, yeah, well, I brought these shoes and we all know what that means. And the minute the walk starts happening, she's like, you know what? I am hungry. And when she said that, I was like, yeah, it's because she wants to be at a restaurant right now. Like she would have liked you to been like, let's meet at this restaurant. But your ass was like, let's go on a walk. And she also, she showed up honey with fake eyelashes and jewel tone silk blouses and moccasin Peter Pan shoes. And like, she's listen, I will say this for her. She is, I mean, a woman that is letting her man lead, right? I mean, you know, she's not yelling at him about this. She's just kind of like lifting the hints, like also would be love to eat. would love to eat anytime. Is eating part of the state? Eating should be part of the state. I mean, we should have been eating before this walk. Okay. We should have, you should have put something in my mouth first. And then we go on a little walk to like digest, right? Well, you love, you love of eating. Yeah, I know. 
Yeah. So what it is, is that Brittany is a bougie black girl. And mm-hmm. what we saw in last season with them is that her and her family believe her to be of a status where she deserves a man who does not require her to work. However, mm-hmm. Brittany chose to go with a prison man. And that was the choice that she made, you know, because like Ray didn't reach out to her. She reached out to Ray. And so what the problem is, is that her family thinks that she deserves better. But Brittany herself just wanted a man who was in who's who was stayed put. That's not a phrase that makes any sense, but she wanted a man who was stuck to where all that he could do is provide her support. And so she got with him because she's has some issues with men in the past and wanted someone who was going to completely need her. Then he got out of prison and he had debts of his own restitution and he had issues of his own the fact that he's like a very quiet person he had other things going on in his family on top of the fact is that she thought he was like from the hood and like from a poor background and then she met his grandmother and she was like oh i i'm not gonna be the fancy oh okay he he actually came from a household like a how a home so this was like a suburban black guy who just like got mixed up oh my god i thought i was I thought I was getting a hood Negro and I thought I was just going to like bring him up out of the ghetto, but I'm not. And so that is what's happening. And so, yeah, you're, you're right. She is allowing him to lead, but it's because she thinks that she deserves that. And he just has arrested development because of being in prison and because of his tumultuous past with his mother dying the way she did and his journey into drug abuse and crime that he's having to make up a lot for that. So yeah, he's not going to think of food. Yeah, he's going to give her a promise ring in front of her friends. Yeah, he's going to ask her dad for the marriage and the dad's going to be like, no. Like this is all par for the course. And Brittany's the one who's the only one who's like delusional as to what Ray can actually provide. (laughs) Chris? I love it. Yeah. No, I love the fact that she's bougie. That's one of my favorite parts of her. You know, like when we go, to, when we go to her bedroom, honey, she's like a mirrored bedpost, you know, like everything is like Z gallery or something. And again, it wasn't her makeup that I thought that was a drugstore. It was like these bottles of like perfume on the side. I don't think that her foundation was, but it was like, I can't tell you, like, it was just like the bottles of perfumes that were on the side of her bathroom, just read CVS and definitely not you know, like, God bless, like, Lalabo. Okay, uh, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, and, you know, anyway, I also think, um, I like, listen, I like, I like Brittany a lot. Like, I also feel like when you were telling me about her, it made me think of Chantel. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. I think that that's a fair equation with the situation. Is like the family, it feels like, her family feels bougier than what they actually are. Like if they were in California, they would be poor. The only reason why they're able to do what they do is because they're in the South where like you could live like a King for what I get paid. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, everything you were saying, I was like, Oh, it's like Chantel's family. Who's like, oh, why'd you go with Pedro? But she, you know, God bless. By the way, side note is I just read uh, that Chantel is trying to put out into the world that Drake slid into her dms once she once pedro and her broke up and has been trying to console her and that she's not even really thinking about dating him right now but who knows because he always like wears down his women which is a bananas a bananas thing this bananas thing but she's putting it out there it was like front page mto wait a minute yes i have a question for you because here's the truth if you were newly divorced and drake slid into your dms would you not slide right back up. they made it seem like they've they've conversed back and forth but she's like not thinking that she's gonna date him yet that's ridiculous of course you're gonna date drake of course this of is course. your opportunity to drake drake to date somebody who can put you in a private jet like fuck whatever you're feeling drown your sorrows rebound your life into drake i'm so mad you told me that i have complete different let's move on to the next couple because i could talk about this for like the next hour I mean, it makes me feel better. I don't think it's, I feel like it's just literally a publicity story on her part to like make people like, it's her way of being like, I'm incredibly valued. I'm incredibly sought after as a woman, you know, by the way, I think that she's gorgeous. So, I mean, it's not like, whore, it's not like a crazy thing to think that Drake would go after her because Drake will literally go after, I mean, God bless. He's just all over the place. You know what I'm saying? He's all over that place, honey. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next Coops Badoops. Are these wait one second? Um, I don't know why I can't. Oh, is it no? Moving on. Uh <laughs> God bless it. I'm you okay. Are. Okay. okay. 
Kevin <laughs> and Tiffany and Kayla. But Ooh. Kayla's not yeah, Kayla's not here. Um, but we open, honey, with Kayla. We remember what we remember the last um scene was like Kayla had like come over and she had sweet sweet talked her way into the house. And once he poured her a glass of red wine in a red tinted cup, honey, she was like, <laughs> What's happening with that bitch? I mean, she went after it. Okay, wait, what? Pick it up. So, so this girl, this is just hot off the presses of her being like, tell me about Tiffany. Like, why the fuck don't you like me? And and then he's like gaslighting her. And he's like, well, you know, I, I can't do his accents. I'm going to get it one day. He's like, you know, well, I think, you know, he pouts his lips when he talks to his like little pouty lips. He's like, yeah, you know, well, I don't know what you're talking about because it's not that at all. I mean, me and Tiffany are kicking it or whatever. And she's like, kicking it. What does that mean? And he's like, you know, we kicking it. And she's like, you fucking that bitch. And he's like, I mean, you know know sometimes like sporadically here and there and she's just like i don't understand why i'm not the one and then she's mad he goes outside to smoke a cigarette right and so she's in there talking to the cameras and she's just like i don't understand why he doesn't choose me and like why is he trying to be with this bitch tiffany and <laughs> she's like tell me more about tiffany and all of a sudden he comes back in and he's like well maybe me you and tiffany can kind of get together and she's just like i mean i don't i don't know if the lick had hit her or if she just is like trying to placate him because she already like called him a little bitch ass and said that she was going to expose, expose him. him yeah chris I mean, yeah, the exposing was always like, what do you have? On, I mean, we all thought, but like, what do you have on him? It's like dick pics, right? Like, what can you possibly, like, what is it? You know, but um, yeah, like she, she, yeah, he invites her, you know, to like be with her. And then they just kind of go back and forth. Like, why aren't you with me? And it's because like, you know, I'm going to always be there and I'm like better than all of them. But, and he like sort of acquiesces that he like keeps going back to Kayla, you know, that like there's something about her. Also, the sex is explosive, explosive West, West Coast, Coast shit. I mean, literally like this roller coaster of a scene where she like started off sweet and then she got really mad and then she was like pissed and then like somehow goes back up and she's kind of like, you're funny. Let's get some more wine. And then it's bow chicka bow bow, honey. And it's the same scene because this the way they get it on is the same like way that Lindsay and Deontay get it on, which is suddenly she's on the bed, he's on top of her, and then he like lifts up her shirt and starts like kind of kissing her tums tums. Sorry, stummy. Is that better? So the stummy is a mix of tummy and stomach. You're welcome. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah you guys so she literally is like why don't you want to tell me who tiffany is because i'll beat her ass and then she's like let's go have some more drinks so they go get more drinks and just like chris said they get into the bed he takes off his shirt and he's got a little skinny frame but then he does the thing that is near and dear to my heart what he grabs her throat and it's just like a it's a, it's a light like touch and then I, I, at that point i it was over at that point, I was like, oh, he has me. The fact that he knows to do that is what I require as an individual to know that I'm okay to relax and that this person has got control of whatever's about to happen. And <laughs> that, is, that is the subbiest thing. That is the subbiest sub-sub thing you've ever said. I cannot have a man put... I hate... The idea of a man, I don't like anyone putting their hands on my throat. Like, I don't like throat work, even massages. Like, you don't have to put your hands there. Like, I'm good everywhere. I hate it. Like, I don't mind a man putting his, like, I want him to, like, hold my hands down, mat my arms above my head. Sure, sure, sure. Hold my face. That's good. But don't you put your handsies, wansies around my beautiful, but, like, very small neck. You know what I'm saying? Like, my swans, you know, my swan part. Go ahead, walk. I mean, yeah, you and I are going to like beg, beg a beggar to differ, you know, beggar on the streets, alms for the poor to differ because I love it. It like Ugh. at that point when it happens, I'm like, whoo, I'm letting go. Thank you. So I literally say thank you after it happens. Like, I'm like, thank you. Like, How do you see your nose like this? <laughs> You're just no, like, you know, it's not a, it's not an actual choke. It's just a like hand on the throat. And then if I require an actual like whatever then for those of you who are watching on patreon you're gonna see where i'm putting it it doesn't even need to be a full-handed like ugh. it could just be like a this on the like trachea and i'm like 
You're in a, for me, you'll get a knee deep in your groin, honey. Do not put your hand on my neck. You can, you can grab my hair. You can pull. I mean, really, you really, here's the honest. The only correct answer for me is holding and pinning my, uh, like hands above my head. It's the only correct answer. I don't know that I like that. I've not had it happen. I, in my, my initial reaction is no, don't touch, don't hold my hand. Also, my initial reaction is no, don't touch my hair, my head. But like the person who can touch my neck is, I think is able to touch my head. It just depends on like what they're doing with it and like whatever. But anyway, so Kevin does that. I'm immediately into it and Kayla's immediately into it and they mm-hmm. must have some kind of ex- explosive sex or they pretend to do so because then the next scene, I mean, we, we got a lot of butt grabbing and then the next scene is her full face. I mean, her. I like. I don't know how you have intercourse that is supposedly explosive, and then the camera cuts back to you afterwards, and your makeup is still intact. Like, do you have waterproof makeup on? Like, what's going on? Like, are there no like? Is there just like nothing happening on your face? Okay. And then he. I mean, he does my worst nightmare, which is has happened to me more times than I care to admit. In a time in my life when I wasn't didn't have like any faith in myself, and when men were just treating me terribly, he then sa- he finds her shirt, hands it to her, and says. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you don't have to leave, but I do have work tomorrow. Oh. Every time some man tells me that he has work tomorrow, I think, and I have work tomorrow too. Yeah. Why can't we both just get up in the morning and go where we need to go? So like, what, 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 I don't get, uh, mm, Chris? Yeah, also you have work tonight, boo. Your work tonight is the emotional aftercare of having had sex with me. So guess what? Clock in. Yeah. Punch card here. No, I hate it too. And it's just, I mean, it's very like, get out of my house. You know what I'm saying? But like as fast as possible, you know, like we're done, you know, like I'm still, my, my peenie is literally still dripping from you, but like, yeah, get the, get the hell out. I hate it. Um, next scene, next scene is honey, we get to see a son and I have never seen that person in my entire life. Okay. I haven't seen him. So it was like, Woo! Who's, he, who's his mom? And the funny thing is, I'll say this: we'll talk about him, and then, we'll, okay, we'll talk about him. But what ha- his name is Kevin Junior, right? Big deal. So when is when the so Kevin's mom comes over? But because we just saw Kevin Junior, when Kevin's mom comes over, who's Kevin Junior's grandmother? I thought for a moment that it was Kevin Junior's mom slash the baby mama of Kevin for a moment. Like I didn't realize it was me, his mom. And I was gonna be like, what, how, how? And, oh. and the first thing she said, w- which she came in was like, I went to church. Y'all didn't go to church. And I was like, Kevin had sex with like a church going woman and then made her have a child. And then they named it after him, but no, that's his mom, which is still shocking that she's so churchy. Why? I have a theory. My theory right. is, is that because that mother looks as young as she looks, like that mother looks like a young Gen X, right? And Kevin could be a, a millennial. She's a young Gen X. Like when you have, when you are, when your child is the next generation after you, then like there's a certain closeness that I think that happens. That mom looked young. That mom maybe was 50, May- like 53. So she was a teen mom. I'm going to head and call it. She's a teen mom. Kevin was a teen dad, which is why he has that grown ass son who is with the struggle beard. But mom is like a born again Christian. And she's like, you should have been at church. And he's like, I know mom. And I was like, boy, girl, you know, Kevin ain't spend no time in church with you. He out running the streets, got two different women. And what's crazy is that the mom likes Kayla and doesn't like Tiffany because she's seen last season and she knows what Tiffany did to her son and all of her commentary, including the homophobic statements that she made were so overwhelming to me, especially when that son had nail polish on Chris. No, honey. I mean, that son painted them nails black. Now here's the thing, you know, that's not, doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know, cause it's like a generation of two below us is just, you know, like just one big, you know, un- non-binary spectrum, who knows? Um, so we don't know anything about whatever, but it is telling that this grandma takes two seconds to be like, when Adam created Adam, or sorry, when God created Adam and Eve, it wasn't Adam and Adam and Steve. Like it was a complete that kind of situation, which was confusing to me because Kevin's not gay, like at all. Like Kevin very much, you know, like obviously is like with all these women, like, yes, Kevin like likes a threesome, honey. But like, I didn't quite understand why she was like saying this like homophobia thing, unless it was literally saying it to her son 
for her grandson to hear with the black nail polish and for her, you know, like for her to make her, I mean, horrible ass- assertions of maybe what? Cause I, I mean, I did, I, it was confusing. It's like Kevin, reg, uh, Kevin senior isn't giving gay vibes to you in any sort of way. All he's doing is literally putting his peony in any punani he possibly can. And two at a time if possible, you know, a lot well, of peace reason- in that one. Well, the reason why is because she is kind of a, he, Kevin tells his mother that Tiffany wanted to bring another girl and that Kayla saw their twin Twitter account, Twitter, no Tinder account. And that, that is what sparked the, well, I don't want you in any kind of, uh, homopho- homo homosexual activities because it wasn't even Eve or Steven Steve, you know, it was, uh, it, it's supposed to be that. So that's where that came from. Got it. Yeah. And it was still just quite, quite disgusting. And like, girl, really right now on national TV, do you not hear yourself? Do you not understand what you're saying? And if you do, then like, wow, whatever part of Texas, like you are from the country of Texas, you know? Well, I mean, her yeah she's very much not alone in what she thinks at all so like she doesn't think that she's wrong and she's yeah no i mean she's there's she the bible people blew the bible stuff you know like well they pick and choose really because there's a lot of crazy stuff in the bible they don't believe in but they you know they just and but they decide which ones they want to you know pick and choose honey so um yeah uh Kevin, you know, having made the like somewhat realization, I guess, that like Kayla being in his life is because he goes back to her every time, kind of says this thing where he's like, maybe I should have start over and start to date again, you know, like someone new, you know? And it was so interesting because it was like, Kevin, do you really think that you're just like a superhero, just like a great guy that like just keeps getting in these crazy relationships with women that, that aren't there for him and that don't support him or that aren't good for him as if he is perfect. Like it's such a, he's an, he's a nightmare. I mean, he, I, I officially like this person is a horrible nightmare. Uh, he's a horrible nightmare that I understand and know and have grown up with and understand that type of male. So I do understand like his thought pattern and um, yeah, you're right. He's horrible and we all deserve better. But at the same time, like, can, can I just have that little man in between my legs? Oh, can you, can you just listen to what this person just said? Can I have that little man between my legs? Wall wants that tiny, tiny man to like, I'm going to punch your pussy boo 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 out and then a hand around her neck. Yeah. No, I mean, you said this while in this no well to say it was like, which I thought was smart. He wants to sit over, start over, but he is in fact the problem. Mm-hmm. He like, he knows it sometimes too, I think, but he, and he, then he, it like dawns on him. And then he like, will I guess, you know, like, you know, obviously, uh, whatever it, he will say, it's true. And then he will just forget about it and just be like, just kidding. It's not my fault. Just kidding. Um, it just, it's, it's interesting. Anyone else yeah. about, yeah. Anything else it, about them? No, but I think when I think of Kevin, I also think of the next person that I want to talk about with it, which is Sean, Sean and Sarah. And the reason why I want to jump to them, because I want to make the parallel between Sean and Kevin. Mm-hmm. These are two men who intrinsically do not understand the cause and effect. <laughs> if you guys are not watching this live, Chris is just put a picture of Beavis and Butthead or whatever. Which one is this? Uh, this is Butthead and... I mean, I'll just never get over that. I'll just never get over how much he looks like him. Uh, it's hilarious to me. Yeah, it's just this idea that like there are people and men and women, but on this show, mainly men who just bumble through life, truly not understanding how their actions affect those around them specifically and especially people they're in relationship with and or people that they have created and brought to this earth. Um, and so let's just jump to them and start off with them. So we've got. Kelly, Destiny, Sarah, and Sean is what I titled uh, this segment. So we've got the fake out because we think this entire time from last episode that Destiny is knocking on the door of Sean, trying to like get into his Ohio hotel room. But it turns out that it's not Sean's door. It's her mom's door. And um, as we remember from their first season, I mean, I thought Destiny's mom was in a good place. I mean, we know she had her issues too because of 
the past that she allowed to happen to destiny, which is part of the reason why Destiny's on the course that she's on. Um, but I didn't know that she was like kind of homeless to a certain extent because the hotel room that she's in is a space that she's in temporarily until she can find some ho housing. So destiny walks into her mom and I think I'm going to, I think let's start with this because I think this is the most interesting part. This is the part that I noted specifically for Chris because I knew she would notice this. So destiny is a, uh, you know, full-time pregnant woman and part-time makeup store clerk. And I want every single detail about the makeup store that she supposedly works in. Is it CVS? Maybe because this, woman is a freelance makeup artist all of a sudden and she gets to her mother's house because she has put her mother up for a blind date and she wants to do her mother's makeup and she in the most passive aggressive this might be a freudian situation for all the shit that her mother put her through as a child i mean she pounds on that woman's face like chris no, I mean, she's like laying cement on her mother. I mean, it's like, doo -doo 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 -doo. I mean, yeah, no, like she's going to take her mother's out. Like, I'm surprised the woman's not br bruised after her. She wipes out the woman's face. And then all we see after that is Destiny spending what feels like 70 minutes putting her mom's eyebrows on, which is just an eyebrow pencil just back and forth, just back and forth. The back, this one, back, this one, that one, back and back, and just he, he, he. I mean, I it's like it's otherworldly, like eyebrow over everything. The woman, there's not a drop of blush, and there's no contour on this woman's face. I didn't even know she'd like powdered it down, honey. It was foundation and a gray eyebrow pencil. I mean, like she was writing the Declaration of Independence, just like I couldn't I I, it's definitely where she's working. It's definitely not Ulta. It's not Sephora. Sephora. It's definitely not Cospar, honey. I don't know. I don't know. I don't mean it's, it hurts. It hurts me. It hurts her mom. <laughs> and the mom, she says, you know, to pick out your outfit because I want to match your makeup to the outfit. And I said, no, no, no. You, what you need to do as a makeup artist, just, just give her your mother a neutral look. Just give her a neutral look. And she just shellacks this makeup on this woman. Just like, pats it on and you would think after all of the back and forth with that eyebrow pencil that there would be some kind of modern shape and it isn't no not 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 no there's not a there she doesn't do any kind of conceal she does do a concealer but she doesn't do like a concealer outline to like have them pop she doesn't provide any dimension on the face and then she's talking about adding some eyelashes on and we don't even get to that part because the mother is just like the whole time Destiny's talking about how she's planning on going to Ohio and ruining Sean's wedding to like just get money. And the mother's like, I don't think you should do that. It's not a good idea. And she's like, no, I'm going to do it because he owes me money. And the mother's like, well, no, you, you know, you need to move on to be a healthy person. And, you know, then we have a confessional where Destiny says that, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to like work, continue working my job and like maybe go back to school. Whenever someone says maybe go back to school, I'm like, you're not going back to school. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that ship has effing sailed. So maybe go back to school and be the best mom I can be. And when she said be the best mom I can be, as opposed to just be a good mom. I said, oh, this this person is leaving room for shenanigans. She's leaving room yeah. for her to not be a good mother and and or be the best mom that she is capable of being. And as we know, she's not even capable of being a good person. So how is she going to be a good mom, Chris? I mean, no, I can't. I can't. Yeah. So basically, yeah, her mom gives her the best advice ever, which is just like the best revenge is to like live your life happily. And like, and she's like, well, I'll be happy when I get that money. I also hated the fact the producers did this thing where they made us think that when Destiny was going to her mom's door, it was actually Deshaun. Like she thought we were thought that Destiny was going to knock, knock, knock and be, it was going to be Sean. But of course she knocked, knock, knock. It's her mom. And we get to Sean. It's a knock, knock, knock. And it's Kelly. And Kelly's at Sean's door. Sean has to like, go put on pants. Kelly's not a drop of makeup, honey, but the freshest purple hair you've ever did see. I mean, she made one choice, which was, I'm going to have fresh purple hair, nothing else. I'm only just saying, like, I don't know where Kelly is in her life, but she knows she's going to either be on TV and or see the guy before her wedding that, she, that never married her and, like, left her a bunch of times. I'm not saying she should put some makeup on, but it's surprising to me that you wouldn't. Uh, what? No, no, Kelly's never going to wear makeup. She's okay. not. That's not who she is. She's never going to do it. So like, yeah, she's never going to do it. She's never going to do it. She never does it. She's never going to do it. And I, I kind of want you to take us through. I talked a lot about Destiny and her mom. So I'm going to let you have the moment that the floor to just talk about that conversation between Kelly and Sean, and then I'll provide context. But I want a fresh eye. So basically, um, Kelly's there and she's like, look, 
of your kids that came, the daughter, the daughter came and uh, that's why I'm here because your daughter, I don't know the daughter's name, but she know I'm talking about. She had like no hair, uh, um, no hair anymore. So now this is a situation where Sean and her, and Kelly talk. And at first it's like, Kelly, why are you there? And why do you feel like you have to talk to Sarah? Like in actuality, like you don't have to talk to Sarah and like Sarah does not have to talk to you, but at the same, but Kelly is like, no, I need Sarah to know what a piece of shit you are. And also you're a piece of shit. You're, you have been horrible to your kids. You literally just like left them in the dirt to like get married again and just like have a baby. They all hate you. And where Sean at first is defensive about it, it sinks in. And then he sort of like, again, acquiesces and admits that he was a shitty dad and that he feels bad. And he thinks about them all the time. And doesn't doesn't Kelly know that he feels bad all the time? And Kelly's like, no, none of us know that you feel bad all the time because you don't show that to us or make that known. That lives in your head all the time, rent free. But honey, we our ears don't hear it, and our eyes definitely don't see it. And it's almost kind of this moment where like he kind of gets it. Yeah. Right, Wall. Yeah, I do agree. There is that moment where he gets it and he almost gets teary-eyed and Kelly super wasn't expecting for that to happen. And so it was a moment that I think me as an audience member who has watched Sean be a shitty person throughout this entire time, like truly get like, you know, this is just a person who needs therapy and just has no tools. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that he can do to help himself feel better about the muck of a mess that he's made for the last 20 years with his last family is to move on and try to do better with this new person and completely not understanding that it's not about him moving on and feeling better about himself so he could bring his children in is about reconciling with the old family first before he truly moves on with the new family. And that's just somebody who again, just needs therapy and that's what we are watching. But We've got time limits going on. We've got 20 more minutes, so we've got to push through this. Chris, do you have anything last to say about them? And we move on. Nope. All right. So let's move on to Marcelino and Brittany because this is real quick. Um, this was so fake. And the episode and the season, the whatever I watched, like skipped around. So basically, we've got Brittany in the car um after she's just heard out that uh, that Amanda had, you know, text. DMs from Marcelino like four months ago. So all of a sudden they end up in one of the friends tattoo parlor and they get in there and they're in the back and they're drinking something delicious. And I all of a sudden mm-hmm. wanted a little drinky drink. And as we, uh, as they're like talking, Brittany's mother calls and is like, Hey Brittany. And I don't know why the mom calls. Like, you know, we don't know why she calls. Producers. Like, yeah. To say something to Brittany, but Brittany is not aware that Marcelino has uh, gotten her mother to come and take care of the kids. And so when she finds that out, she's just like, Oh, okay. So she calls Marcelino and then has this weird conversation with Marcelino where she's like, where are you? And he's like at home. And she's like, well, no, you're not. My mom just called me. You're not there. So where are you? He's like, I said, I'm on my way home. And she's like, no, you're not. So where are you Marcelino? Like just come clean right now. And he just is silent. And then she's like, okay, is this the hill you want to die on? Is this where our relationship is going to be? He's silent. And then she's like, okay, Marcelino, like, where are you? Like, be honest with me. And then he's like, I'm on my way home. And then it's just like silence her. She has the whole conversation disrespectfully in front of her friends as a married ass woman. And then he ends up hanging up on her and Chris, I'm going to let you tell the story of these women being like, I ain't no punk bitch. Go ahead basically she throws her ring she's like i guess my marriage is over my marriage is over and this is after like that one girl that used to be her girlfriend that like that had a threesome and then marcelino supposedly reached out to her and was like hey i thought the d was good you'd be back for more which was confusing because it's like marcelino didn't even like that girl anyway god bless also like you know that girl's gonna tell you like your wife so it's like whatever big deal and then they tried to make then like Brittany was gonna be like mad at her but like not really whatever so now all the girls are like coming around her honey and she's crying 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 and she's like losing her ish and those girls are like you're a bad bitch. Don't forget what a bad bitch you are. You're the baddest bitch ever. He's dumb. He's dumb. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a career. He's just like a beta male that just like sits around, watches your kids and wants to be thanked for it. And he can't do shit. You're the one with the career. You're the pretty one. You're the one that's great. You should be like licking your butthole every night and you know, everything every night. And so, I mean, basically they're just like rallying around their girl. I mean, the, the, the friend that like the friend that's doing the most talk is like the tattoo friend and her like girlfriend slash lesbian girlfriend from the, from, you know, the first time we met her basically says nothing about this. It's just kind of like, 
Mm-hmm. And then after all that, you know, Brittany's crying and her friend's like, oh, do you want a tattoo? And Brittany's like, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, you know, like mother's milk, honey, some people get comforted by different things. I was like, is this a thing where she wants to feel a little bit of pain or it's just like a thing that's gonna make her feel better? Like, I wonder why I'm getting a tattoo would make you feel better unless you're just like, fuck Marcella. Like, you know, you're just like across your arm, but she doesn't, she just like gets, I forget. It's like, I forgot what she said she was going to get. Something small, something dumb. Well, it, first of all, it's a tattoo of a butterfly morphosis. Mm-hmm. And second of all, the man's name is Marcelino. So I just need you to get three times in a row because you've called that man Marcelo every single time. <laughs> Marcelo, she keeps saying, but it's okay. You're going to say Marcelino, Marcelino. And if, and if you get confused and you think you want to say Marcelo, think of Marcelo plus Wahima's last name, which is Lino. So say Marcelino. That Marcelino, too. Marcelino, Marcelino. There is a it's there's a situation where she's like, I ain't no bitch, I ain't no punk bitch. And you're you are beautiful. This is not the Britney I know. She's like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable and sexy. I'm like, yeah, bitch, because you had two kids in a row. Like, of course you don't feel comfortable in your body right now. Like you are the biggest you've ever been in your life. Like, we get that, but you're still hot and your hair is still great. Like, so whatever. And then the friend is like, This is not the girl I know. And I'm like, friend, what girl do you know? The last girl that we know of Britney on the outside world was on meth. So are you talking about that you've been in prison with her and that's the girl you know? Because I don't know what girl you're talking about that you know. And also Marcelino helped her get to where she is not right now. Now, I'm not saying that Marcelino's actions are correct. I'm just saying that this whole like pump up your girl nonsense, it was ridiculous. And then it feels like they were in the tattoo parlor and then all of a sudden they were outside by the dumpster. Don't know how that happened. And then they went back inside and she was getting a tattoo. So friends are forever and so are tattoos is the end of their segment. Let's move on to another juicy girl on girl couple situation uh, prison. And that would be Puppy and Amber. Girl, puppy is a mess. I mean, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We start in the car, honey, and it's her and Eric. And Eric's like, you got some money? And she's like, not enough. And like, she, he's, which I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. And then he gives her money. He gives her like a couple of hundos. And then he drops her off to go shopping with puppy. And she has this thing where she's like, I know Eric's like what, like, this is her confessional. Like I know Eric's whatever, but he really does take care of me. And then they drop, he drops her off to like shop with puppy at like some like Supreme looking kind of like hipster esque, you know, like shop where they like have clothes and they ruin them and then want to sell them for even higher prices. Like that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, she complains to Amber that like Eric didn't give her enough money. And I was like, oh, how much money do you think that he was going to give you? He just gave you a, hop- a couple of hundos. Like, why isn't that enough? Like how much damage are you going to do in this shop? This ugly ass shop. But anyway, she like brings Amber like some jeans. She's like, they'll fit you. Amber's like, thanks. These are ugly. You know? Well. Yeah. So she says that she's really grateful for the fact that Eric takes care of her. And when she's like annoyed that he didn't give her more money, I am listen, I don't know what it's like to uh, not have to sing for my supper. Um, I don't know what it's like to depend on someone else to pay for my things. So when anybody whose whole life and whole existence is just like being floated on the dime of someone else Mm -hmm. complains about not having enough money, Mm -hmm. I, it kind of enrages me. Now I understand why puppy might feel that way because you know, she's all, she's a damsel. She's been a damsel in distress, I think from the very beginning. And so having people take care of her, be that her family, her mother, Amber, or a lover are just like par for the course and paramount for her. Um, and so, yeah, he gives her a, a couple of a hundred dollars and she goes in there and she kind of complains about the fact that he didn't give her enough, but that she is going to buy him something. And it is like a Von Dutch esque like situation. And then she tells Amber that she is late. And I'm thinking this bitch is about to say two, three days late. No, no, this bitch is a full three weeks. So we all know that she's absolutely pregnant. And so then... <laughs> Amber is like, bitch, we need to go get you a test. And she's like, oh, Amber's not the good as right time. She's like, bitch, it doesn't matter if it's the right time or not. It doesn't matter. We, we need to get you a test. Like, it, uh, who cares? It's, it's either here, neither here nor there. So they find a gas station, find the very last test, and then they go into a public gas station with which all I in my African-American brain can hope is that that bathroom 
had seat covers because bare assed, not a squat to be had, is this woman in a gas station peeing on a stick to find out if she's pregnant. Her, Amber, and a whole cameraman. Chris? This is a weird scene for a lot of things, okay? One weird thing is that she pees on the stick and the stick goes on the side. And then Puppy will remain sitting on that toilet for the rest of the scene, pants down. It's like she's too paralyzed to move or she has to like do a lot more stuff there or she's just tired. I cannot tell you the answer, but like it isn't like she just like quickly does it and like puts her pants on. Like they think about it. She just, she sets, she starts to, you know, she gets her mail forwarded there, honey. She sits on that toilet for like days. So anyway, guess what? The pregnancy test is positive. No, what? There's a positive plus sign. <laughs> it's not a subtraction; it's addition. You are adding to the fam. <laughs> and um, yeah, like, first of all, it's interesting because, you know, Amber's like, well, I guess you're going to, first thing to do is like, tell Eric, and she's like, that's not the first thing I have to do. And I'm like, and Amber's like, no, that's absolutely the first thing you have to do. And in my mind, I was like, oh, because puppy thinks the first thing she has to do is decide whether she wants to keep it. That's actually the first thing a puppy wants to do. Um, but actually the first thing puppy doesn't want to do is wipe her own butt because that's also what happens. She's like, oh, Amber, also, will you wipe my butt? Now, while I'm going to tell you this right now. At this point, it was the morning when I was watching it. My dad just woke up and I stayed with my dad right now. And so my dad walked in and saw that part and then just walked out of the room. <laughs> Listen, I understand puppy not wanting to tell Eric because my first reaction, unless I'm married, Unless I am married, my first reaction wouldn't be to tell the person that I have had a kid with that I'm pregnant. It would be to decide whether or not I wanted to keep it, to decide what my course of action would, would be regardless of how they felt. And she feels like he would not be happy and she doesn't want to deal with that. But here's my thought. Amber should be being like, okay, girl, go on ahead and wipe your butt and get up and let's go to the clinic. Because to me, that is the only option for someone who is an addict and insecure and not settled and doesn't have a way to make money on her own. That is the only option for puppy because Amber sure ain't going to help her take care of this baby. Cause she's trying to figure out how to go on double dates <laughs> with puppy and Eric with her man. So, I mean, unless you have anything else to say about this, like we're going to wait to see what the decision is. Unless they have anything to say about this, let's move on to the next couple because it's quite ridiculous. Oh uh, yeah. I have nothing to say, except, but I do, I do want to see a salsa dancing scene between the, t between the four. Okay. <laughs> who's next on the agenda, boo. <gasps> yeah let's talk about bronwyn and chaz i mean we start this off where at this point i'm sick of chaz's voice i hate because, him because like he says that he has cabin fever and the only cure is his wife and that his inner chad has awoken I mean, his little peen peen has awakened. And so he's done a certain amount of things like some manscaping and whatnot, including shaving his ass, which is like, girl, if you know anything about hair removal, if you're going to shave it, you might as well just wax it because waxing lasts longer. That's just what I think. But he shaved his ass for Bronwyn so that he could be clear and shaven. And he just really isn't picking up the fact that Bronwyn does not want to be touched at this point in her life and or maybe for the next six months to a year. Chris, when he shaved his, when he told about shaving his butt, I was like, Oh, cause he wants to be pegged, honey. I hate that Chaz so much. I mean, not because he wants okay. to be pegged. You can, you can get, well, you can want to be pegged. That's totally fine. But I hate him. I think he's so gross and weird. And like, I, you know, it's, I think that he's creepy and he literally okay. just married someone just to bone them who he knows okay. is like basically not consenting. What? Oh, and I'm just like reacting oh. to you. Oh, I love you. You keep saying, Oh, and I was like, I thought you were trying to talk. Yeah, like I, I just was like, why would, why would, why would you shave? Why would a man shave his butt unless he wanted butt play? Why? Well, because maybe a girl doesn't want to reach around and touch all that. I mean, I have never reached around and touched all that personally, but I think I would. So I would be shocked if I reached around and there was like full bush. Wait, you're saying that you reach dive around deep, to a guy's butt and there's full bush this. on the butt? Deep dive this. Deep dive this. Say that again. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to understand what you're saying to me. You reach around him th to the back of him and his butt and you get full bush on the butt. 
I'm saying if I reached around to touch his buttocks to invite it to be closer to my skin than it is, I don't want to feel hair. God, we are so different, aren't we? I don't mind men and their hair. To me, men have hair. I am a female and I like choosing whether I want to have hair or not. But I prefer most of the time not to have hair just because of me. It makes me feel whatever a certain way, like a little pretty princess fruit. You know what I'm saying? We've had that discussion before. And so I conversely am attracted to like what's opposite of me, which is like manly menness. And they usually like, you know, are slightly smelly and have hair everywhere. And I don't mind. I I prefer it. So it, it's like, yeah, if, if I, if I was with a guy who shaved his whole butt and then, you know, you're shaving it. So as you said, it's not wax. So now it's prickly, like, like I would rather it be hairy. Oh, for sure. than like a prickle fest, you know, like I don't need it. Something to like try and like irrigate my skin as you're like next to me. Uh, -uh. Irritate or irrigate. You mean like you would like little, little rivers of water. You know, actually both would work because it would be irritating, you know, to have that. But irrigate, I actually meant because you know how like you irrigate something by like sticking something in the ground and letting it aerate the soil so that the water can go in the soil more. And that's how I feel about my skin. Like if you have like sharp pointy hairs coming at my skin, it's like you're aerating or irrigating, aerating my skin where I feel like you're going to like, is maybe my serums would absorb faster if I'm like making out with like a, a prickly faced man, you know, cause it's putting little micro wounds in my skin and it's like letting, you know, whatever deep down, I don't know, but the, I, all I know is I don't want no shaved butt near me. But anyway, um, yeah, he now he has to go pick her up from her school. And I mean, she gets in this car, honey, like a petulant child where he's like, how was your day? And she's like, <laughs> and at one point she tries to secretly vape like in her dad's car without her dad seeing. She's like, he's like, what are you doing? She's like, vaping. <laughs> can't i can't say i mean is i think that she is bananas and her voice is out of control but i mean he's even grosser for as crazy as she is she's so much more high value than him i think that he's disgusting why yeah so he's like maybe i should get a v because that would make me cool too and so then he drives them to the cabin and they get there and she is talking about how like sad she is because now all of a sudden she's being passive aggressive and she's like, well, all of my friends are really sad that I want to leave, but you're like so set on me going there and you don't budge. So like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then she starts sucking her thumb, which <gasps> is a woman after my own heart because the truth is, is that I suck what? my thumb longer than I should have, but I understand the need to do so. It's to provide comfort. So I won't judge her. But the thing is though, is like, why doesn't she just have a serious conversation with him about her choice to move and his choice to not be with her if she doesn't move as opposed to just allowing the anxiety to build up in her, which is like, girl, you need to be in therapy so that you can learn these tools. And so then he's like, Ooh, I want to just rub on you and like, let's get cozy and watch movies. And then he says something and it triggers her and all of a sudden she's like i can't switch gears that fast and he's not even aware that she's truly upset or feeling any anxiety about having sex so i think it's unfair now i could understand why you think he's gross and i think that i would think he's gross too if i didn't know how old she was how old he is and how she wide-eyed walked into this situation. And the fact is, is that she's not being communicative as to why she needs to back out of it. And she's now blaming him because she doesn't have the tools to communicate what it is that she requires. So she freaks out. She goes outside. She calls her sponsor. And then he does a stupid thing, which is to like, just put his jacket on and be like, okay, I guess we should go now. And then like, yeah, I'm just going to break up with her and like cut my losses and keep it moving on to wife number six. And it's just like these two people are not communicating as to what life is now like on the outside for them. And we're seeing it and it's making him look like a creeper. And the truth is, is that if she knows that for her sobriety, it's better to be in Kentucky than and then Portland, then why is she allowing her stupid friends to make her feel like her decision is slightly wrong? She should be mad at both parties, honestly. Um, so she calls her sponsor. Her sponsor says, like, to, helps her back from the ledge. And then even after that, she's, like, cold to him. And he's, like, let's go. And she's, like, okay. And then they get into the car. And he wants to tell her, like, bye or whatever. And she's, like, let's just not poke the porcupine. And I'm, like, bitch, you know it's poke the bear. Get in the house. I'm over you, too. 
I get you. You're right. And listen, at the same time, like I would listen, suck a baby bottle because it does help. And also like, I feel bad for her because she like says that she wants to go back to prison. And I feel like a lot of people will get overwhelmed. And I think it'll, it actually will bring me to the last couple. Uh, someone else who's feeling overwhelmed that we get to see some people, like how it is hard for them to come out and uh, live in this world. And that is Lindsay and Deontay, honey. Um, and as we start off with um, them driving and there's cops blazing behind, uh, she gets freaked out. We find out the cops are just like dealing with a horrible accident up ahead. But Lindsay reveals that she often gets overwhelmed and has some sensory issues because of it, like overwhelm her phone, you know, the sounds or it's overwhelming to her. She doesn't like the idea or feeling of metal utensils against her teeth. She has to have plastic utensils and have both these women, both obviously Bronwyn and Lindsay have PTSD, have like, or, you know, have problems and coming out of prison and being in the real world amplifies them in some way, which I understand. It must be very difficult. Um, and in this situation, Lindsay also is with a guy that just like wants to bone her so bad. Why? Yeah. So Deontay kind of walks her through the whole blue light situation and then they get to this beautiful Airbnb. And I mean, they walk in and immediately like it's, you know, the producers make them take off their clothes and do that sex scene kind of kissy, (laughs) kissy down the belly or the stimmy or what did you you said? Uh, And then stummy. And then they get to doing it. And then there's like a little scene where we find out that he's referred to his penis as the monster. And Lindsay, who again is so bright is like, please don't refer to your penis as a monster. And if we're going to be calling our stuff things, and I guess I'll call mine the vagina. I mean the platinum vagina, but like even then is it's weird. And so she's like, basically doesn't want to say that he's bad in bed, but she also alludes to the fact that like he came at her and jackrabbit the shit out of her vagina. And she Mm -hmm. didn't appreciate that shit. And so yeah. it wasn't nice and easy, slow going like it needed to be. And it's because he hasn't had sex in so long, besides with whatever prostitutes he's paid to have sex with him in oh. between his uh, last girlfriend and Lindsay. And so she's excited about the sex too, but it's like, it's just too much. And he often, he says like, oh, I don't want to kiss and tell, but I'm the monster. Ha, ha, ha. And so he says, Lindsay is the best sex that he's ever had. And then they're in bed, pull post-coital we get a scene of them coming out of the shower and we find out something that to me as an adult is abhorrent his credit score this man has fifteen thousand dollars not in debt y'all in fucking collections that means that he is fifteen thousand dollars delinquent on several things in his life and he wants to blame nicole i'm like no you need to blame yourself and Lindsay's like let me see because i'm good with money you have 15 j's that you brought here right now which are probably 150 each you need to sell that shit and go on ahead and pay off your debt chris yeah no she's right i mean i listen i love Lindsay. Lindsay might be my favorite character of the entire oh yeah no i love Lindsay. Something about her. I just want her to like release the tension in that jaw, honey. And I don't want her to ever like take uh, any more drugs. I want her to like, you know, like get the sniff under control and I want her to do well. I really do. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like I feel I don't want her to have sex with him in this moment. I want her to like take care of herself and just like know that she's going to be okay. But I know that it's hard for women some women when they come out to like say no to the comfort that a relationship can provide, but then they're not really ready. I think for all the physical stuff that happens and it, and it hurts my heart. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I will say the Deontay, I'll say one thing about Deontay though. His body is banging. Mm-hmm. Deontay has a great body. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. he's hot. Yeah, he really is. He's a fine specimen. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. So that is the end of this episode. Um, we're going to give you a little bit of updates about like how you can find us on all the social medias. Chris? You know what it is? It's called DocuSweeties, honey. It's the same thing you're listening to right now on your podcasts. DocuSweeties exists on Facebook, maybe. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but definitely TikTok, especially DocuSweeties Docu- too. Instagram is where we're doing all of the hard work, honey. Instagram is where it's at. So Instagram, DocuSweeties, uh, and Twitter, DocuSweeties. And it's very important also, if you don't mind, to go ahead and just like... Mm, Give us a little rating on this podcast. Give it five stars or four, but probably five. You know, you do you. Why? What if you want? What if you wanted to give us more money to see visual aspects of us and and see how gorgeous we look right now in our glowing skins? Well, how would you do that? You would do that on Patreon.com/slash DocuSweeties, where you could join for ten dollars a month, even though. 
I did see something shocking, which we'll talk about. We can see us for $10 a month uh, for our Patreon. And yeah, you get all of this immediately once we upload it or once we are done filming it. And you get to hear all about what we have to say, our kikis and our facial expressions. Mm -hmm. All of our stummies, honey. So thank you so much for listening. We're super excited uh, to get more into this Love After Lockup season. And of course, Happily Ever After starts tomorrow. So we're pumped. We love you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.